Utah's best sports radio is on the Zone Sports Network. Allow me to reintroduce myself. My name is... And it's time to kick off Utah's most listened to sports radio afternoon show. This is The Big Show with Gordon Monson and Jake Scott. Sponsored by Mountain America Credit Union. Guiding members forward for over 80 years. On 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Our next guests are the co-hosts of the very popular radio program entitled The Big Show. The Big Show. This is The Big Show. They call me Hollywood. Here come The Big Show. Big Show. Ladies and gentlemen, The Big Show. It's a big show. Everybody ready? Today is Tuesday, right? Take extra care to follow the instructions or you'll be put to sleep. And don't forget Taco Tuesdays. Let's get rolling. This is The Big Show on 97.5, 1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network. Big Show, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Welcome on in. Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, thanks for making us a part of your Tuesday. What's going on over there, Gordo? How are you? Oh, it's going just fine, Jake. How are you today? I'm terrific. We want to say a special thanks to our friends at Mountain America Credit Union, title sponsors of The Big Show. Get 0% interest on all purchases through May of 2020 with a new Mountain America credit card. That's 0% on everything from groceries to getaways. For details, visit macu.com or call 1-800-748-4302. Love this fall day in Gordon, uh, in uh, in Utah, Gordon. It's gorgeous outside. It is gorgeous, and uh, you know, I, I hope everyone out there is making the best of their day. Uh, you know, every once in a while, we need to uh, stop and appreciate uh, the good things that we experience in life. This and this is sounding very unlike you. Some some uh, some of our listeners might be going through some hardships right now. I, Hope that you can power through that and uh, get by the best you can and uh, hope for, uh, for a better tomorrow. But uh, for those of us who, who uh, have the opportunity to feel good about what today is like, see, look at me. I, I mean, I'm like, uh, I'm like Zig Ziglar over here, whatever his name is. Zig Ziglar? The stock markets did well today, I take it. <laughs> <laughs> Why, why you got to do that, Austin? How's that NASDAQ today? The Dow looking all right, Jake? <laughs> well, hey, how about this? Speaking of, you know, people you know, going through some stuff, last time uh, we saw Austin, his neighborhood was only being evacuated. <laughs> yeah. uh, any update, Austin? I heard lightning struck, uh, started that fire up there in, in Fruit Heights, and it smoldered for like five days. And, yeah, like last week, apparently. And I don't... That's where it all started. How, give us a little update. Your neighborhood, your neighbors all right? Everything going okay? Luckily, no homes are, were touched, no uh, human life lost or injured, so I everything's fine everyone's back in there and the wind did go the opposite direction from where i'm currently renting so we we were just fine it just was a little scary shout out to the the firefighters out there and the folks doing that good work to to keep people safe so that but that was going on yesterday austin i i would have been a basket case if i were in your shoes over there austin luckily no no family was home and all that but uh yeah i would have been i would have been worried so good yeah it was it was hairy you want me to give you guys I, I, i know you do but maybe I'll, today I'll sprinkle throughout the show words to live by. For instance, Jake, be who you are and say what you feel because those who mind don't matter and those who matter don't mind. So you're giving me an excuse to talk a lot? Is that what that is? Is that what that is? <laughs> 
Can I talk your ear off all day, every day, Gordon? Because <laughs> you won't mind. There are no secrets to success, Jake. It's the result of preparation, hard work, and learning from failure. You know who said that? A fortune cookie. Colin Powell. Oh. Yeah. Okay, so you're going to give us words to live by uh, throughout the show today because you're in a good mood because the weather's yeah. nice and you're feeling good about your golf swing. And uh, it, if I if I can maybe improve someone's uh, spirits today, then you know that's uh, let me have my space to do that. Okay, all right, that, that's fine. We have a lot to do today. We're hoping to be joined by Damon Heward in the four o'clock hour. He's on the Washington Huskies broadcast. We'll give a little preview. Of the Huskies coming to town on Saturday. A bowler is going to be in the house at the top of the 5 o'clock hour. And uh, Bowler's son got married over the weekend. So I'm, I'm anticipating uh, Bowler being in a really good mood today. Yes, I, I went to the reception and it was, uh, it was a thing of beauty. Fun? It really was. Uh, you know, and, and, and you think of words to live by in life. When you have an opportunity to celebrate happy times, uh, then uh, by all means, do it. And, you know, that, that kind of thing isn't really my th- thing. You know, I don't really l- necessarily crave uh, that kind of atmosphere uh, under normal circumstances. But when it's a friend and it's a happy time, how can you not jump in on that? How was how was Bowler's vibe? Was he walking around proud, Papa? Oh, he he was he was happy. Was he? Yeah, he smile was happy. on his face. Yeah, definitely. I think I think some of the happiest times that I've seen you is when uh, your daughters have gotten married. Yeah, I mean, like I said, it's those things, you know, uh, and, and and that's not always easy because uh, you know Bowler's a sentimental guy, and uh, yeah, but uh, as I like to say, you're not losing a son; you're gaining a daughter-in-law. Of you course. came up with that, huh? I did not. Yeah. <laughs> You're did the first not. one. I've never heard so, that before. No, Gordon. I know. I, it's very original. Very original. You know. So, all right. So, Bowler will be with us at the top of the 5 o'clock hour, and he'll stay with us through the entire 5 o'clock hour. Always a highlight of our week when Bowler can come in and chat with us on Tuesdays. Indeed. And, Jake, did you know that obstacles are those things you see when you take your eyes off the goal? Uh, uh, no. Mm. No. Uh, they are. Okay. Henry Ford said that. Did he now? <laughs> Henry Ford also said a lot of things that weren't so inspirational. <laughs> Was he a Nazi sympathizer? I don't know. I know he's the only American to be mentioned in Mein Kampf, so oh. that can't be a good thing. Oh. Well, he, uh, he well he accomplished a lot of good things. There's a lot of people out there dri- 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 driving Ford products right now who are grateful that they have the vehicle they have. Sure. I mean, I bet he wishes his uh, descendants were a little bit better at running of an NFL football team, but, you know. <laughs> see, see why you got, why you got to do that? Oh, come uh, on. The Lions well, have got to be one of the worst-run franchises <laughs> in all of sports, right? Maybe not the worst, but they're in the conversation. You know what I'm really feeling bad for today is our good friend Kevin Graham. Jets fan Kevin yes. Graham? Yes. Yeah, I mean, the, the, he is absolutely miserable. Well, that's a pretty he miserable team. He picked the wrong team to root for. Although I got to kind of admit, I'm I'm pulling for a good old Luke Falk. He was thrown <laughs> into a rough situation last night, and now he's he's QB one. Yeah. To basically uh, almost overnight go from QB three to QB one. That's tough. Mm-hmm. Yes, it is, and uh, it looked pretty ragged last night, didn't it? It did. Yeah, it did. The Jets are are not terrific, and, and Cleveland didn't act, look that terrific to me either. <laughs> Do you think NFL fans right now are already kind of bumming? 
the ones whose teams are off to a rough start? Yes. Because, you know, you start the season and you're so filled with, well, maybe not oh, everybody because you've learned from experience that the well-run franchises usually are the ones who do well. And if you, uh, by whatever happenstance, you started rooting for your team, if it's not run well, then you're already kind of bumming right now. If you're a Jets fan, you're not feeling all that great. You know, it's it's kind of been a big topic nationally, and maybe we can dig into it a little bit later on today, but how the NFL is becoming more like the NBA, because now tanking is a thing in the NFL, and players, <laughs> Jalen Ramsey demanding a trade yesterday, players are kind of flexing yeah. their muscle a little bit more, yeah. something that we've seen in the, in the NBA for a long time, and it's kind of moving in that direction. In fact, Steve Young said some things about how that would be a bad thing, why, that they're why, moving in that direction. Why is he demanding a trade? What, what, what's his problem? Well, he almost got in a fist fight with Doug Marone on the sideline. Uh, but Why? Uh, I mean, they what, disagree. Is, is what do you mean? But why? But, I mean, yeah, but just because you disagree with somebody doesn't mean you. I don't. Know. I know that's a battle I fight every day. <laughs> <laughs> we don't fight. No, we not Nobody's demanding a, a, a trade to the to to the DJ and PK show. <laughs> no, right? Or at least Austin hasn't lately. Anyway. <laughs> well. Uh, you know, I, work your problems out. Can't you work them out? Well, it, you know, is player empowerment a good thing in leagues? Because that's what we're seeing. We're seeing sports yeah. edge in that direction. Yeah. Is that a is that a good thing? And we're even seeing it come down in in college with uh, this California bill that uh, continues to be controversial. And you know, it seems like uh, management is weakening and and players are strengthening. The problem the NFL has though is that their their union still stinks. So they really can't get any, you know, the the one percent of the NFL has more power now, but uh, the you know no guaranteed contracts, and the vast majority of them are still under management's thumb. And the problem in the college game is that players have been uh, uh, abused uh, since the beginning. Abused, abused. Can we soften our language just a little bit? Abused. How would you describe it? Taken advantage of. Lifted. How about? <laughs> Given a wonderful opportunity. How about you know, that? I think that if we were to poll our listeners, most of them would agree with you. I, I don't know that for a fact. But whenever I say that players should, uh, you know, college players should be, should, should be able to, to profit somewhat off their, their images, their likeness, it seems like I get a lot of pushback from people who glorify this amateurism thing. Well, that's not the case in California because, yeah. and it might not be the case in New York. Did you see that the uh, state legislator there is uh, introducing something similar in New York? Hmm. So we'll see how that goes. You think it's going to ruin college sports? Yes, and you know who else feels that way? Who? Mike Leach, your hero. No, he's not my hero, but we can disagree. It's all right. We have some funny Mike See, Leach sound we're going to have to get to later I in the show, it. by the way. I get it. I understand that there are complications that come about with this. But I don't like the fact that college football as a whole can utilize the images of players, and, and they can't benefit from that. It's their image. It's their likeness. Yeah, but the, that's not exactly 100% true because they can't really use their images. They can use their numbers and they can use uniforms and those sorts of things, but they can't like... They can sign deals with CBS for $8 billion or whatever. Uh-huh, and it's their product. And 
And the, again, the the the, uh, the the student athletes. What what role do they play in all this? They get compensated thousands of dollars in trading. They here. get they get an education, which is nice. But we're talking about billions of dollars. Okay, let's. We don't need to go down this all road right, immediately. Right. We have some football to get to. Maybe we, we, we can get back to uh, how wrong you are about this. But that, <laughs> we'll do that later on. Okay, good. I'll look forward to it. Let's get to the split story of the day, Austin, if you please. Two guys, two topics, two, two, two. two opinions. You talk. Give me two. This is the split story of the day on 97.5-1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. USC is one of those teams that could beat Alabama, Clemson any day of the week because of the talent level that they have. And you can just see it in the athleticism. You see it a lot on the special teams, like their kickoff unit, things like that. They're just flying down the field. And so this game, I think, comes down to who makes the least amount of mistakes and who wins the fourth quarter, in my opinion. Britton Covey right there as the Utes prepare to take on the Trojans coming up on Friday night. Uh, kickoff will be at 7 o'clock. Pre-game coverage here on the Zone Radio Network begins at 6. Do you think they really believe what they were saying, what Britton was saying there? Do you think he really thinks it's going to come down to who makes the fewer mistakes in the fourth quarter? Or do you think that he thinks that the Utes are the superior team? No, I, I think he probably believes that. But they can be the superior team, and that can still be true. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The, the the big mystery with USC, and we talked about it a lot last week as they got ready for BYU, they got a ton of talent. You heard you heard Kyle Whittingham at his press conference yesterday talk about how they just draw a 30-mile circle around campus and have the, the pick of one of the best college recruiting grounds there is. And so, you know, Witt's out there recruiting against USC. He's well aware of the players that mm-hmm. the Trojans are landing. Right. Because he wants those guys. Yeah. And so he knows what kind of talent they have up there, and it's, it's great. But do they put it together? <laughs> Did you see that quote from, who was it, uh, Miami of Ohio coach? Today, when he's talking about Ohio State, yeah. mm-hmm. he said it's like they get the first 80, 80, they get the first eighty-five picks in a uh, in a pickup game. Uh, <laughs> and I thought about that, and he's he's, he's right. right. Yeah, he's right. And but- I'm not saying that USC has that kind of advantage over Utah, but uh, I mean, you look at that roster and look at—they're all four and five stars. Yeah. Right. Almost all of them. And that doesn't mean that they translate to be automatic right. All-Americans in college. And mm-hmm. that's not the end-all, be-all by any means because coaching, game plans, culture, those sorts of things matter. And that's kind of what— We saw that on Saturday. They, they, we absolutely did. You're totally right. And so Utah, I would put you know, their talent level uh, pretty close to USC's. Maybe more this year because Utah's really, really good this year and they've developed players, which is something that USC has not done. So it's not the whole story, but they are good football players. And if they put it together, they could beat anybody, like Britton said, on on any given Saturday. Absolutely. They have the talent to do that. But can they overcome the other stuff? And I would bet no because they're a disaster culturally. Well, Austin and I were talking about this. Uh, Urban Meyer is going to be at the Coliseum. And uh, they had a guest on today who anticipates the USC fans chanting his name at some point during the game. That could get ugly. If the Utes play up to their potential, that Coliseum atmosphere, and I'll be down there. I'll be looking for that. And uh, if I hear it, I, I mean, the home crowd can be more vicious than any road crowd. Oh, yeah. 
I totally agree. If they start chanting Urban's name, right? I mean, Clay Helton's going to be down there on the sideline. I, I maybe he won't pay attention to it, but he'll hear it. See, the, and PK has been hitting this on on his show, uh, and he's been around this league for a long time, and in, in USC and, and followed it for a long time. But he he talked about how Clay Helton was asked about the noise surrounding the program mm-hmm. after the BYU game. He says, yeah. it's L.A., it's always yeah. noisy, right? Uh-huh. Well, how noisy was it when Pete was there? <laughs> it was noisy, but it was a good noisy. <laughs> yes. It was it was everybody glomming onto the program because they were the bee's knees. Will yeah, Ferrell's coming to practice and was, all this stuff. There was no NFL team there. Right. USC was the professional football team. And you can take that any which way you want. So Clay Helton's he's actually taking the right stance. I mean that, you know, it's LA, there's a lot of media there. I get it, I'm tough, I can ignore it, and and I'm not necessarily criticizing the way he's handling it. But that stuff exists and he hears it. Oh yeah. Whether or not he acknowledges it or not, he he hears it. You know, sometimes we compare fan bases here. We talk about Cougar fans, we talk about Ute fans, we talk about Aggie fans, however they react. But USC fans Traditionally, you can imagine what that's like. I mean, they think they should win every game, every national championship, get every Heisman Trophy. That's that's just the mindset down there. Now, maybe it's taken a little bit of a beating lately, but there are still people entrenched in that past, in the legacy of the program. University of Spoiled Children? Indeed. Isn't that their, yeah. their nickname? They didn't earn that for nothing. No, and Norm Chow said it so eloquently. He said USC gets what USC wants, and that is the attitude down there. And so when they have a coach who isn't getting the program performing at the level, at the unrealistic level that the fan base is expecting, then there is this noise, and Clay Helton has heard it. And he will hear it till the day he's fired. And make no mistake, one day he will be fired. It's a matter of when that day is. Well, then add on to that that Urban Meyer is just looking over his shoulder. I mean, he's actually going to be in the building on Friday. <laughs> I mean, that's that adds a whole new thing to it. And that the the president is trying to hire Gene Smith from Ohio State for the the next athletic director job at, at USC. <laughs> hmm, I wonder why she's doing that. <laughs> Let's solve a mystery here. As I, as I said, USC gets what USC wants. At least that's what they think. So how do you persevere in a situation like that? It's very difficult. Would you want to be Clay Helton right now? No. Are you absolutely. kidding me? Well, actually, I'd like to have his paycheck, but outside of that. <laughs> well, on the short term. But uh, I don't still know. Still set yourself up pretty good with a couple of years head coaching How much USC. is he? Is this his We don't know. Year? We don't because we private. might know the length of it. Uh, but I don't know if we know how much it's uh, it's worth. It's through 2023. Is it really? So, so if he gets fired, he's going to be fine financially. Well, I, I mean, it's I'm just, surprised he got hired in the first place. I really am. Well, they, they felt uh, like they shouldn't have let Ed Ogeron go and hire Sark, and so they they kept the interim guy who the players loved and probably kept the wrong one. <laughs> uh, if you had to bet. Uh, okay, five hundred bucks right now on the table. Will Urban Meyer be the coach of the USC Trojans next season? Jeez, Mitt. Yeah, Mitt, Mr. Mitt Romney over there, just high what? rolling. Five hundred bones. What? How about lunch? You're trying uh, to do uh, bucks, fifty bucks, twenty bucks, whatever. You're Dollar taking, menu. Taking food out of Sadie's <laughs> mouth, huh? Uh, no, I, I would bet right now that Urban is the coach at USC. Uh-huh. Do you think Urban is positioning himself for that? 
Yes. Is this all part of the design? Yes. (laughs) And is that why he took the job in L.A.? Likely. Uh, Isn't that where Fox is uh, is centered? uh, It is. uh, so, I mean, was this all calculated? And as Jake because, and I were talking, sea level's good for those migraines. Yeah, but, but he does I'm have telling the, you right the brain now, thing. Urban has, and it doesn't take brain surgery, but he he has picked his spots perfectly. Oh, he's a master, an absolute <laughs> he looks master. At the roster, he looks at what the next step is, and can I win with that group of players? How hard will it be? How immediate will the turnaround come? And if it's immediate, then I'm on board. All you need to know is is when he was here at Utah, he had three schools that he was allowed to break his contract without a buyout for, right? Ohio State, Notre Dame, Michigan. and Michigan. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, uh, was it uh, Charlie Weiss or was it Ty Willingham who turned out to be a disaster at Notre Dame? And they fly the plane into Salt Lake and everybody thinks, oh, this is Urban's dream job. Of course he's going to Notre Dame. <laughs> Jeez. And then uh, all of a sudden, Florida comes calling. He looks at Florida's roster and sees Chris Leak and Tim Tebow and a roster full of All-Americans that Will Muschamp can't bumble his way to six victories with. And he goes, oh, goodness. So in other I think words, I'll go to Florida. So in other words, the roster was a lot like USC's. A, a bunch lot. of four and five stars that are underperforming. Well, and then uh, at Ohio State, they had a built national championship team and a couple of bozos got some tattoos and all of a sudden wait a minute i think i think i'm tired of this tv thing already i think i'll take over at ohio state and you know he wasn't wild about how it ended at ohio state either no because no. i i don't know if you want to say he was pushed out or what but that that was uh untidy right and so i would guess Although he told me when he was here when we had our big sit down lunch that went on for like three or four hours. Very interesting. But he told me he would be done with coaching by the time he's 50. Yeah, he told his team that too. <laughs> so he'll, yeah, he's not that far off. How old is Irvin? 52 or something? I don't know. Anyway, you think he's coming back? I do. Don't well, you? I, I, if Urban's 55. Oh, is he? Yeah. Okay, so if he ends up at USC... That will not be a good move for Utah or any of the other teams in the South. Uh, because they'll be really good. They'll be really good. But it'll be good for the conference as a whole. It'll it'll well the it'll conference supposedly everybody. had a bunch of great coaches in it, right? Chip Kelly was supposed to be a great coach. What's going on with that? Well, Urban's got a much better record than Chip Kelly does, yeah. even at Oregon. So Chip I, I, also no longer has Uncle Phil's money. True. And Chip also picked a program that was sinking like a stone, whereas <laughs> Urban will pick a program that is a sleeping giant. Oh, man. I Give me a bunch the, of soft underachievers there at UCLA. Those Bruin fans wouldn't appreciate what you just said, although they might agree with it. <laughs> Two years ago at Pac-12 Media Day, somehow, I can't remember who was the player from UCLA. I think it was a lineman. And he was asked about, uh, you know, the reputation of UCLA being soft. And he was upset. They do not like that one bit. But, I mean, when you have decades of evidence, what are you, you know. Do you think they're called that because they wear that baby blue? No, I think it's because they get run over on the line of scrimmage <laughs> every single game. <laughs> yeah, that could be it. It might be that, I think. But if, if, if Urban Mark goes to USC... 
I would predict that they would will be in the Rose Bowl regularly. But think about it. I mean, if Urban goes to USC just in time for the Pac-12 to negotiate its new TV deal and gets USC back on top, I mean, that could be a, that could be a financial windfall for everybody. Yeah, I suppose that's right. But, you know, Utah fans want to see the Utes on the top of the South Division. No, I, 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 I totally get it. But, I mean, that would be really good for the conferences. I, I, well. I don't know how Urban does it. I, I've said in the past, and I've seen other people pick up on this, and, you know, I've been on this for a long time that Irvin made a deal with the devil somewhere along the way because everywhere he goes, he wins. Is he really that much smarter than everybody else? No, he's smarter in this regard. He finds where the talent pool is deep, and then he motivates the living daylights. I think he scares the daylights out of his players, yeah. and they, they perform for him. That's not, that's not the way I would motivate if I were a coach, but it's pretty hard to argue with. Well, look at Utah. I mean, he looked at Utah's roster and looked at the, the rest of the Mountain West Conference at the time and thought, well, I'm getting better athletes than the rest of these schools if I go to Utah. I'm going to win a lot if I go to Utah. And he did. I think Urban has kind of ruined it for every other aspiring coach because he turned a program in a, in a, in a drastically improved direction so quickly. Overnight, yep. All right, back to school. Time to get back to clean. Schedule your post-summer carpet cleaning with Zero Res today. Just $33 per room, pre-treated, cleaned, and Zero Resified. Easy online scheduling. Search Zero Res Carpet Cleaning. You know what Winston Churchill said? He said, success consists of going from failure to failure without loss of enthusiasm. Yeah, what did he know? Winston. <laughs> well, stay tuned. More Big Show straight ahead, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. This is DJ and PK. Utah State football coach Gary Anderson. How are you going to handle the running back spot going forward? Well, I think it just really depends on the game. Jalen's big one he had last week. DJ, you probably wouldn't have made it. PK, I'm saying you get right to about the five-yard line before you get caught. Wait, I'm not clear. I would have scored. I no, would not have no, scored. No, I think you would have got caught a little yeah. bit sooner. Yeah. Oh, no, 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 no. Follow Tell him about the foot race in Denver. Oh, I let him win one time. Oh. All I can go is by what I really think, so I just, I'm sorry to be truthful. But so as I tight. pulled away but, from him, he yelled, help, please. Stop! That man has my wallet! What would happen if we had to add a quick, sudden change of direction into that movement? Uh, I'd have blown my Achilles. Yeah, exactly. So I feel the same way. Catch DJ and PK mornings from 6 till 10. Presented by WCF Insurance. Reminding you to be careful out there. On 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. So put your hands together and please welcome... This is Utah's best sports radio. Guess who's back? You're listening to The Big Show with Gordon Monson and Jake Scott. Presented by Mountain America Credit Union. Guiding you forward on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. It's a total request Tuesday on the big show, 97.5, 1280 The Zone. Gordon Monson, Jake Scott. Uh, total request Tuesday brought to you by our friends at Live Nation Concerts. Buy concert tickets and get the latest tour news and artist inside at LiveNation.com. Today's theme, Gordon, feel-good songs. Send us your feel-good songs because Gordon's feeling good on a Tuesday. So tweet at us, at Jake Scott's own, at Gordon Monson, at Austin Horton. In fact, he's probably the most important person to 
link in on the tweet because he is, after all, selecting the music. You this, could have finished that sentence after the word person. <laughs> <laughs> uh, this one uh, goes out to Ashton. Wanted to hear a little shine down. All right. Do you know that uh, Joan Rivers said, I enjoy life when things are happening? I don't care if it's good things or bad things. That means you're alive. Course, Being alive is good. She's no longer alive. No, it sounds like she enjoyed her time while yeah, she was here. She, yeah. that's, that's the idea, right? And Michael Jordan said some people want it to happen. Some wish it would happen. Others make it happen. Well, that's pretty easy when you've got the... <laughs> you think he really said that? God-given gifts that Michael Jordan had. I mean, he worked hard, don't get me wrong, but you know, it helps when you're 6'6", 200 pounds, and the most athletic guy on the planet. <laughs> it might be... <laughs> A little easier then. Yeah. See, when he was playing, it wasn't really fair because he did have the best physical gifts, but he also had the the, the mental side of it that had to have it. And that's why he's I mean, the greatest yeah. of all time. It that's was like this not... insecurity that drove yeah. him to this this great level of play that that a well-adjusted person never would have achieved. But you understand what I'm saying. I mean, if if Austin or myself had a dream of making it to the NBA, <laughs> I mean, we're not going to be able to just make it happen. <laughs> Well, that's not. It's here's, not going to. Happen. Here's one for Austin. Here's one for because we we've established that Austin is not the luckiest person in the world. He has. I mean, he's the guy who has to evacuate his neighborhood when fire <laughs> gets close. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Even lightning found me. <laughs> you and I live in a fire zone, and we've never had to evacuate our house, nope, have we? No, nope, we have not. No, but. Uh, <clears throat> This is what Vivian Green said to Austin. Life isn't about waiting for the storm to pass. It's about learning to dance in the rain. (laughs) (laughs) Don't feel inspired, huh, Austin? Who the hell is Vivian? (laughs) It's me. I don't know. She don't know nothing. All right, let's talk about your column, Gordon. It's up, sltrib.com. Would encourage folks to go out and read it. Uh, headline, BYU should extend Kalani Satake's contract even though he's not a miracle maker. You know, uh, this column was really inspired on Saturday uh, when when I watched the way the, the players were responding to Kalani. And I've thought this for a long time. Uh, but but really, what clinched it is after we talked with Rob Morris yesterday. Great I mean, conversation. Yeah, was, would encourage anybody to yeah, please give it a listen. Yeah, and you can find it at twelve eighty thezonecom dot com. But but he's right. I agree with him, and I think he's right. We might be wrong. I mean, if BYU goes out and loses the next seven games straight, you know, or whatever, won't. But if it did. Then you know, obviously, you'd say, "Okay, wait a second. But it's—it's. I like getting in front of things, and sometimes you're right, sometimes you're wrong. But I, I think Kalani Sataki has the the right makeup for what BYU, what BYU's coach should be. Now, is he going to win championships? No, he's not. But BYU is not structured to win championships, and so he's going to do the best he can for that particular school. I don't think you're not going to draw in an Urban Meyer and go undefeated. It's just not going to happen. And uh, so Kalani's not going to go undefeated, especially facing the schedules that he's asked to compete against these days. But he's going to get he's going to get I think uh, just about as much out of the players that BYU can can haul into its program as anyone could. 
Do you agree or disagree? No, I I I agree. Um, he needs to. BYU has a reputation he needs to live up to, and I think that he he should be given some latitude, and that's why I'm glad he wasn't fired after the four win season because he should be given the latitude to get his recruits in. And show what because that was supposed to be one of his strengths. And at BYU, that requires more patience than at other schools because you've got missions, obviously. So he deserved some latitude. And last year, the program you could see is going in the right direction. You could see that last year. It's interesting that you bring up the recruiting thing because the first year when the Cougars went nine and four, those were Broncos players, and they had some fine players: Jamal Williams, year. Taysom Hill. Yep. Yeah, and uh, you know, yeah, they had some receivers. They had playmakers. Fred Warner. And uh, and and so, and not just that, but Kalani had uh, some assistant coaches that were pretty much crammed down his throat, and he had to make the best out of that as he could. And then once that didn't work, then he rearranged things a little bit and was given the license to do that. So yeah, I I believe he's the right man for the job. Uh, and I think he can do as well as just about anybody else can at that particular school. But they have limitations. They have limitations as far as the financial resources that are poured into the program. They have uh, limitations regarding the kinds of athletes they can recruit. We've all talked about that a thousand times. They have academic limitations as far as how many players they can sort of waive the rules for or the academic standards. So these are all things that he's having to deal with. But I I, I do think that those players respond to him and are, are pretty much doing the best they can. We saw, as we already said, we saw BYU beat USC. We saw BYU's quote-unquote inferior players beat superior players at USC because they were well organized, they were well motivated, they were played together, and they were better coached. I still, I I don't want to get caught, and I know this isn't exactly what you're saying, so I'm not trying to to uh, mischaracterize your column or, or what you're saying, but I I don't want to get caught in the well he's good enough frame of mind. And I don't think BYU. I think BYU is a better football program than that. And just say, oh well, he's good enough. Because See, I, I, I think it depends on how you define that. Because I don't think BYU is a is 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 a premium football program. But I loved like I loved PK's comment or his opinion at our roundtable, and I thought it was really eye opening when he said he, he's got to go out there and win eight football games. And you and I were going, well, that's going to be really tough. And we laid out our case why. And he says, I don't care. BYU is a good enough program that they need to go win eight football games I don't this know, year. I don't know if they are a good enough program to do that. And we're going to find out. Yeah. I mean, they are good enough to win two of these first four games, which yeah. I think is pretty darn good. And it certainly makes getting to that eight a lot more reachable. But I don't, you know, if you're a fan. Because he's got three automatic wins in, in the mix this season. UMass, uh, Idaho State, and what's the other one? Oh, uh, uh, Liberty. Right. And then the rest are, you know, certainly winnable for BYU. Some more so than others, obviously. But I, the more I thought about it, I, I like PK's opinion. I, I think BYU can be a good enough football program that you can demand those uh, that standard certain years. I don't think that was fair I, last I, year. I, I don't know though. I, I think that as they, and if you look at their schedule next year, I mean, come on. But you the should schedule have a- is absolutely brutal, and you look at it and you think, with the kinds of athletes that BYU can get, can they win eight games against that kind of competition? 
I'm not sure that that's always going to be realistic. But what has been the uh, what has been the equalizer for BYU in the past, amongst other things? I'm not saying this is the the only well, reason. Well, the the, pro- the primary thing was the passing game. A baller at quarterback, and Zach Wilson has has a ways to go. All right, so I, I'm by no means saying that that he is he is there, but he has the potential. I think if he continues to improve, to be a baller. Be a Max Hall, John Beck type quarterback where he's really effective at BYU. But and even those got guys, it, Max Hall, I know he beat Oklahoma, but he didn't have to face the kind of competition that BYU is going to play next year. I, okay, fine. But they were great quarterbacks that had some great wins at BYU. And maybe instead of winning 11 games, maybe it's winning nine. But you can, uh, I think if you've got a real stud at quarterback, you can have a really good BYU team. Well, it takes more than that. It takes playmakers. You got to have someone to throw the ball to. You got to have somebody who can block. And when, when this, as the schedules have gotten tougher, this whole thing has become more difficult, and it, it, it it's understandable. I mean, well, Lavelle didn't face this kind of competition on a regular basis. No, but how much? Okay, so from the BYU's glory days, how much has the talent diminished? Are they still getting the, as talented of teams, or do you think Rel- that's relatively speaking, I don't think so. Okay, and that that's fair to argue. That's why I'm I'm throwing that out there. I'm asking a, a yeah, question. Well, I, I, well I, that's my guess. I, I don't think, relatively speaking, and part of the reason is because other programs out there have brought in more uh, LDS talent. And Utah is a good example. Stanford's a good example. I don't know how many. PK and I were talking about this on our podcast and PK thinks that, uh, that that there aren't very many coaches who are really tolerant of the LDS mission. I think David more, Shaw is, has, yeah. has, has embraced it. Obviously, Kyle Whittingham has Gary Anderson and, and the guys at BYU. But uh, I don't know how prevalent that thinking is that if you have a four-star athlete who wants to go on a mission, that a coach – in the Big Ten is going to say, oh, yeah, that's fine with me. Do that. I, I don't know. I'm, I wasn't sure about that. I'm still not sure. Aren't there more LDS athletes now than there used to be? Maybe. But it, back in the day when it came to football, I think BYU got more of those guys of, of percentage-wise. Well, but I think there are more of those guys because the, well, the church has grown, right? I mean, there's more, there's more members. Yeah, I guess. But think about the great LDS athletes that Utah has in its program. Right. Uh, and and Utah more than it have, used to, but there are Utah more, there's did, a bigger pool, though. Utah That's what didn't have those great athletes back when Lavelle was winning so many games in his, quote, as he used to call them, his glory years. I'd be curious to, to learn how many LDS athletes BYU is missing out on that—, that and, and I, there are some because we're talking about Stanford. Well, look we're at talking Utah's Utah. program. But I, I, I mean, Bronco went for years saying that they didn't lose any recruits, that they got everybody they want. You know, well, I'd, well, I'd, I'd, I'd be interested to see what number that actually would be. BYU and Utah going head to head over an LDS athlete, and how many what guys? Was it, what was there that were? quarterback down there in Arizona that was everybody wanted so badly, and BYU couldn't get him? So I mean, th- this does happen. Think about if if BYU had gone after Steve Young back in the day and hadn't been able to get him. Think about how that would have affected a a mini generation of BYU teams. Maybe they would have gotten somebody else who would have performed, but not like that. 
Want to remind you to listen tomorrow for a Win Ticket Wednesday, your chance to win tickets to Godsmack. They're hitting the road this fall with Hailstorm. Your chance to rock with them live is Wednesday, October 9th at USANA Amphitheater. Tickets on sale now. Purchase your tickets at LiveNation.com. More big shows straight ahead, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. This is Tony Parks and Austin Horton. Kalani Sataki, have they extended his contract yet? Because I think he's done quite enough to show that he needs to be the guy there for some time going forward. I think they should have been able to see that this was going to be the best guy for the job long before they beat Tennessee and USC. And last year they were 6-6, six and six, but I think it's the way they got there and the improvement you could see and the development and the fact that they were able to get a pretty dang good quarterback to go there and flip his commitment. That should have showed you that you are not going to find a heck of a lot better than what you have right here. That decision should have been made before the season I agree. started. Yep, because it was a storyline and he's winning with it being a storyline and that's pretty cool. Tony Parks and Austin Horton, weekdays from 10 to noon on 97.5 1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network. Five and twelve eighty, the zone. This one goes out to you, Chasta Trailer. We're doing feel good songs today on a Total Request Tuesday, and I'm with Austin. This might be the ultimate feel good song. How can you not feel good listening to this song? Yeah, I, 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 I not much enthusiasm. Uh, I, I like the song. It's okay. It's not my favorite. Jeez. No, no, Jeez. no, no, no. I'm the one that's Did been... the stocks take a turn? Austin, you chast your trailer and me. You're over here feeling good, jamming out. Gordon's like, oh, you know. Oh, no, no. That's all right. You know the thing... Yeah, go, Jake! Yeah, have it! <laughs> Jake, Jake, the great thing in this world is not so much where you stand as uh, in what direction you're moving. Well, I was moving to a spicy jam, thank you very much, and feeling darn good about it. Till Eeyore over there decided to bring us all down. How could you not feel good listening to Walking on Sunshine? It's oh, yes, all right. It's fine. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we all we all march to our own the our own music in our mind. Well, that could have been fun. From here on out, anytime Gordon's excited about a bumper song, I'm just gonna absolutely poo poo it, even if it's my <laughs> absolute favorite song in the world. I'm gonna be yeah, you know, it's all right. Kick Tyler Huntley. Oh, the the poo-poo thing. Yeah. That's still a thing? I don't know. It was never a thing for me, and not for you either. No, no. We didn't really embrace that whole uh, thing. We will talk some more college football coming up in the 4 o'clock hour. We're hoping at uh, some point to be joined by Damon Heward, get a little preview on the Huskies. And uh, coming up in the 5 o'clock hour, Bowler is going to be here in studio. Very excited about that. But right now, uh, joining us, he is our good friend Kent. He is from Technoglass. Kent, happy Tuesday. How are you? I am feeling great, guys. And, uh, you know, I was driving over here about a half hour ago. Uh, you know, a few minutes ago, you guys were talking about feel-good songs. I had a feel-not-so-good song. It was Blinded by the Light came on. <laughs> and I was looking through my windshield, and I noticed there were a lot of surface damages uh, over the summer. A lot of that has to do with the traffic and construction zones. So if you're out there driving this afternoon and you've noticed those chips and cracks in your windshield... You have an amazing deal today at Tetanaglass until 7 p.m. And it doesn't get any better than
than this. $99 windshields, you heard it right. $75 labor install, over 85% of the vehicles qualify. And uh, also, it comes with those famous Tetanoglass warranties everybody's talking about, the free lifetime rock chip repair and our one-year no-hassle breakage guarantee. Now, this is available at all Tetanoglass stores statewide, over 25 locations. You don't have to get it done today to get that $99 windshield. All you have to do is call and schedule an appointment, a time that's convenient for you. $99 windshields until 7 o'clock. Call right now. That's 801-562-2200. 801-562-2200. And back to you guys. Thank you very much, Kent. Give them a call. Get on the books today. 801-562-2200. 801-562-2200. We'll talk college football. And there's a lawsuit coming from a former coach right here in this market. <laughs> We'll get into that straight ahead. Stay tuned. 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. This, this, this is Hans Olsen and Scotty G. It's what you want. There were a lot of players who had really good moments in that game. You know, Wilson was a stud. Tyson Williams is coming into form. But to me, I was blown away by the overall dominating nature of Kyrus Tonga in that game. Like, he was a man among boys. And you take a four- or five-star center, and he was getting walked in that backfield time and time again. I hope somebody in Legends Hall has a horse tenderloin on the grill for Mr. Tonga because he earned it. <laughs> what is this, Mr. Chef? This is the third day of the week. <laughs> well, this is shredded horse. Yesterday was horse roast. Yeah, but I wasn't really sure about the horse brisket. Well, tomorrow we're having horse rump, so get used to it. Kairos likes it. Catch Hans and Scotty every day from noon to three. Presented by your Rocky Mountain Chevy dealers on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network.